Welcome back to Lisa Scale, a podcast from Social Media Week. I am your host, Toby Daniels. On this week's episode, we have Bryant Kohler, head of brand at Conscious Minds, a content agency that believes storytelling is the currency of human connection. During our conversation, we discussed some of Bryant's past and current work with Adidas and Nike, how he is adjusting to the evolution of platform storytelling, what he sees are the near-term things that need to be addressed in influencer marketing and a ton more. We also spent a little bit of time nerding out on one of my favorite books that I read last year, Shoe Dog, which of course is the memoir by the creator of Nike, Phil Knight. And we also spent some time talking about a recent documentary that their sister company, Conscious Productions, produced called Social Animals. Social Animals premiered at the 2018 South by Southwest Film Festival and takes a look into the digital and real worlds of today's image-focused teenagers, where followers, likes, and comments mark success and self-worth. Don't forget to rate and review and, of course, subscribe to Leads to Scale on your favorite podcasting app. And I hope, as always, you enjoy the conversation. On the podcast today, we have Brian Kohler, head of brand at Conscious Minds, based out of Portland, Oregon. Welcome and thanks so much for joining the podcast, Brian. You're welcome. Great to chat with you, Debbie. So uh, as we often do, we love to kind of get background on our guests for the Leads to Scale show. So before we get into kind of your work at Conscious Minds, like t- take us back uh, and give us the sort of the origin story of Bryant's kind of career in the digital marketing world. Obviously, you've, you've had stints at some fairly major brands like Adidas and Nike. And so there's obviously t- tons for us to kind of like jump into in, in that regard. But, but, you know, give us the backstory and, and tell us the sort of the journey that has led to, to what you're doing today. Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, I think with every kind of good origin story, it starts in your childhood bedroom. Uh, and I was, uh, I was, I was kind of obsessed with sort of soccer when I was a kid, and I loved all the branding, loved, loved, you know, the uniforms and the cleats and things like that. So I was really kind of like an East Bay geek, um, and I, I would doodle every night and make these, you know, new brands or kind of new new jerseys or whatever it may be to sort of play around. But I was a really, really crappy drawer. So in my head, I'm like, shoot, how do I, how do I get into this world without being an artist or being, you know, without the, without the talent of being an artist? Um, and I actually went and visited University of Oregon, which has a sports marketing school. And at the time, it was sort of like I walked in and immediately like snap of the fingers knew I wanted to go there. Um, and that sort of kicked off the whole trajectory into how I landed in the in the sports world and then at Conscious Minds. Um, did uh, did sports marketing at Oregon and then um, graduated and moved to Portland because that's sort of that's sort of the hub for all things sports, business, marketing, advertising. And in that world, um, headquarters of Adidas US are there, headquarters of Nike World you know, World are there. So I uh, got a job actually really lucky through, um, through a friend, got an interview through a friend uh, at Adidas. And they were, they were sort of hiring a bunch of young, young people to sort of come in and help their merchandising uh, department and, and, and product marketing. And so I, my first job was really not in brand or digital at all. It was in, it was in merch. Um, but once again, kind of had that love for, for product, never wanted to necessarily go there when I was in college or go into that space when I was in college, but ended up really, really loving it. I loved the, um, the whole sort of process of, 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 of gathering insights from consumers, you know, writing them down into a document, briefing designers, getting, getting sketches, getting CADs. And then, you know, three months later, like a, like, like a, 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 you know, like magic there, you have some samples and it was a really, really cool kind of process to be a part of uh, and got me really tied closely to to how you know how consumers what what, what drives consumers mindsets what you know taste um, they you know what, what they're into what what kind of what makes them tick et cetera et cetera et cetera because that was that was the job you had to really dig into the mindset of the consumer um, and then about a year and a half into into that role at, at Adidas I, I kind of got the tap of the shoulder say hey do you want to come move into move into brand I know you've always wanted to do that and so I was like heck yeah Went over into brand marketing uh, there at Adidas, and um, then about two years later, got got another tap from from folks at Nike who were starting this whole kind of community and social media uh, team, uh, f- full team at Nike. Right when kind of the brands in that space were 
were were really kind of kicking into high gear. Uh, I had done a bit of that in, in my brand role at, at Adidas, but this was like a hundred percent, you know, so fully focused team mobilized to really driving engagement and driving community uh, across a multitude of channels over, over at Nike. So um, went there and actually was sitting and, and, and managing the at Nike handle for, for two years, uh, had a ton of, a ton of fun, a ton of great experience uh, through that. And then uh, moved on into digital, broader digital marketing and Nike running. And that was that was sort of after about a year of that, I, I was like, hey, I'm ready to 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 move on into it into a new world on the agency side, and got got the tap on the shoulder from my friends at Conscious Minds, who I'd worked at worked with um, on the at Nike channel for a couple of years previously, and, and then ever ever been there for about two years now uh, as the head of brand and executive producer out of the Portland office. Amazing. So I I I, I can't help but sort of just like think about. Um, Phil Knight's memoir that I actually read last year, Shoe Dog, and and mm-hmm. how the, the parallels, I suppose, to kind of your life and and you know gr- growing up a- a in that particular area and being surrounded by these like just hugely iconic brands and kind of like you know how that sort of um, uh, how that kind of just you know impacts the sort of the the lore and the sort of the storytelling kind of a, around these these different brands and and obviously how you then ultimately just got like sucked yeah. into that and honestly mm-hmm. I didn't fully appreciate I mean I grew up in the UK so I guess we weren't as connected to it but like I didn't fully appreciate just the the rivalry between Adidas and Nike and just like how significant that was and obviously mm-hmm. that was a, a big part of like what drove Phil um, you know to build Nike into the company. Uh, um, that it is today. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious, this is kind of going to be a little bit of an aside, but I'm just curious, you know, it, 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 even, you know, in the sort of the 2000s, um, is that rivalry still kind of, you know, palpable and, and, and something that, that, you know, impacted and affected you as you kind of like, you know, switched between the two companies? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, first of all, you're going to laugh. When you said shoot, I was kind of smiling because I feel like I'm sort of like the the unofficial spokesperson for for the book i always tell all any of my friends even if they're in sports or not or, or fans of, of the brand or not uh to read it because it it really just sort of sucks all of your um entrepreneurial spirit and really like, mm. brings it to the surface uh it's 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 as it's you know it's as much about you know humans and uh, and drive and passion as, as it is about uh, about shoes so I, I found i love that book as well so I um, appreciate you bringing that up. It's interesting the the kind of the, the Adidas Nike at least in the U.S. Um, battle. You know, they're they're the when I was at Adidas, they used to say, um, "Oh, those guys across the river," um, right. which is funny. You know, just but I think it's it's an interesting kind of paradigm because you've got the U.S. market based out of uh, of Adidas based out of Portland, and then the global headquarters of of Nike uh, is over in Beaverton, about twenty five minutes away. Um, and there, there definitely is a sense of, of rivalry, especially kind of, um, when I was at Adidas, uh, you know, Nike was, was, was majorly king in the U S and, and the goal was to really, to, to close that gap. Um, so there was a lot of effort going on of how do we, how do we really close in on the, on the U S on the U S consumer and get, and get closer to their mindset, um, to, to battle with Nike. And then, and then when I was at Nike, Adidas is really making this big surge as everyone has, has known recently. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting. You, you have a lot of conversations about what those other guys are doing um, or what Under Armour is doing. And, and it's, it takes every sort of ounce of you. And I, this is, this is true on both sides to stick to what you're good at to stick to what you know and what you believe in as a brand. Um, and that was the recipe for, for success for honestly, both, both parties. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's interesting, and and it, it, it in in a way, I, I don't want to because I literally I could probably spend the entire entire podcast talking to you about yeah. that book and and about that's that all right. film film night story. But but actually, I think there is a sort of a, a jumping off point here because um, you know clearly after reading that book and 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 hearing his story and and I think obviously what was um, particularly fascinating about it was was the origin story, the first decade. Um, the decade of, of just being completely obscure and trying to get this thing off the ground and making it work and the amount of perseverance that was like necessary to kind of like get this company to a place where it was like a real thing. And 
and as he, you know, he, he told that story just so masterfully. He, he, he kept you engaged and enthralled through, throughout, you know, um, this, this sort of journey that, that he was on. And, and it struck me, I was like, not only was I impressed by him as an entrepreneur and as a, as a, a business person, uh, and obviously someone who has had extraordinary success, but I was really just impressed by him as a storyteller. And I, and I, it, I was mm-hmm. thinking at the time, you know, to what extent um, is storytelling kind of baked into the DNA of Nike and, and how has that helped them over the years as they think about, you know, brand communications and, and brand marketing? I mean, I think you could, people would argue that, that Nike is, is the king of, of brand storytelling. Um, and they, they, they started very early on talking not about their products, but about, um, you know, the human heart and the emotion that, that comes with sport. And they were, they were tapping into that. They were tapping into people's competitive nature, um, desire to desire to achieve something for themselves and for their team. Um, and that hasn't changed one bit. I don't think over, over the course of the, of the existence of the brand, I think early on, right. It, it was about product. And I think in it, but that was that was because there was that was the the way that the way that consumers purchased things, you know, in the 70s. And I think but very quickly they turned to, well, the product will the product. We know the product is good. Let's 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 be emotional storytellers. Let's be let's speak you know, to a human um, versus to a consumer. And I think that that is a principle of storytelling that hasn't ever changed um, in terms of how do you resonate and how do you how do you how do you kind of evoke um, some c- consumer commitment to your brand and, and advocacy uh, over the years. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe, maybe some brands lose sight of it uh, from time to time, but, but I think Nike's always been very, very committed to, Hey, we are, we are about the soul of the athlete and we mm-hmm. speak on, on those terms into, into in the human the human heart and the human mind. I mean, when I was doing doing some research on you and Conscious Minds specifically, I, I came across kind of like your core belief, I suppose, which is storytelling is the currency of human connection. Um, can you mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that um, and and how that um, you know and and how that sort of is articulated through your work? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's so storytelling you know, the, it's, it's, it's a word and a phrase that I think everyone in the industry maybe has heard too many times so far, but, but, uh, but it still rings true. It's still, it's still what we do. And I think good marketers and good advertisers do tell stories. They don't, um, they don't make ads. So the, and, and why story is so, is so powerful and why we like to keep it kind of as this, as this core backbone and spine of every, everything that we do is it's relatable and it's, it's, you draw people in. That's how, that's how you're able to connect is by telling a story. It's almost like, you know, you must remember the last time you went camping and people are sitting around, uh, around a campfire and, and someone's telling a ghost story. It's, it's captivating um, versus someone just stating something to you. Uh, I think that, that totally translates to, to our world of, of advertising and, and marketing um, because it's just about how do you communicate with, with each other? It's not about, um, brands versus consumers. It's about, it's about, um, humans and humans. Uh, and I think, I think what, what we like to do is always find the human truth and the insight, um, that drives a good story. And that, and that is what kind of kicks and leads or kicks off and leads, um, all of our, all of our messaging and all of the work that we do. Now, I, I want to definitely spend some time like talking about and, and having you share with our audience, um, some of your work that you've been doing with Nike, but you know, obviously particularly in social. But before I do, I, I sort of want to segue from from the storytelling piece to sort of talk a little bit about um, what we're focused on at Social Media Week this year, because I think it's super relevant. And I talked about this on the podcast a lot, but you know, our theme this year is stories with great influence comes great responsibility. And it, it's it's reflective of a a big shift that that is happening kind of today in social media in in just mm-hmm. in the world of of um, of storytelling and how information is distributed and consumed. 
Um, and if we look back over the course of the last decade and think about kind of the rise of social media, its impact and influence, what's key is that we've been afforded this extraordinary opportunity to be able to reach not just millions, but potentially billions of people around the world. And so if you are a storyteller, a content creator, a brand, a publisher, a platform company, it doesn't really matter. You have to respect the fact that this um, opportunity comes with a, a responsibility that the influence that you now have in the world in regards to the content you put out and the stories that you tell um, will impact people it, it changes the way that people think it changes the way that they perceive the world around them it changes ultimately who they may eventually become and and that's a very serious um, responsibility that needs to be taken very seriously um, and, and when you think about like that in the context of Nike, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, as you pointed out, they're, 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 they're exceptionally good at storytelling. They understand the power of storytelling, particularly in the context of human stories and, and how they can help to support and move the kind of the brand and the brand's kind of mission forward. Um, and, but also, you know, I, I think Nike has always done a good job and continues to do a good job of thinking about its role in society and the types of stories that it wants to tell in regards to how it impacts people. Can, can you just just sort of talk about that a little bit and then maybe sort of segue to kind of providing some examples of like how that's playing out with the work that you're doing with them today? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, you know, the kind of social responsibility, uh, if you want to have a, use it as a play on word, is, uh, is a reality. And I think the, what, the, the work that Nike always wants to do is, is they want, they want to you know, add value to, to the lives of the consumers in, in a positive way. Um, and we always are, are you know, 100%, that's, the, that's our belief as well from a conscious minds, you know, creative standpoint. So um, that's why we align a lot on, on a lot of things together. So the, and what I think, especially in this day and age, and I think this is what you're getting at, is, is because of the you know, social media becoming mainstream media um, and the, the influence of not only individuals, but, but brands uh, it, to, to a very large audience, uh, you have to make sure you're, you're, not, you're not sort of, uh, I guess, diverting, diverting people's, people's you know, mindsets or uh, in, into, into, a, into a bad space. And I think the, the benefit of, of Nike and what they do is it's about the athletes. And, and there's, a, there's an old um, internally at Nike, the, the mission statement says to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. And, and the term athlete has an asterisk on it. And that asterisk means that it's an old Bill Bowerman quote, who was the co-founder of Nike. It mm -hmm. says, if you have a body, you're an athlete. Um, and that is something that, that the brand really focuses on. Um, in terms of all their storytelling is we don't want to necessarily be so unrelatable um, with, with who we are and, and, and athletes, athletes that we endorse um, so that, so that the, you know, the consumers, the everyday athlete doesn't feel like they're, they can be connected to us. So I think the, the way that we've kind of really started to focus in, in recent, in recent you know, months uh, is, is, is towards how do we be, how do we bring the elite, elite athlete and the everyday athlete closer together? Uh, how, how do we how do we kind of unite them under this one single community of athletes so everyone feels like LeBron James isn't you know isn't some superhero that's not a real person he's an athlete that, that, that achieved his dream and I can do the same thing and so that I think that that really also kind of in the world of Nike that goes back to um, responsible storytelling um, and not not trying to make um, some people feel feel bad about uh, themselves I think you know there's for better or for worse, social media has, has drawn you know a lot of a lot of flack for for the you know the quote unquote influencer culture um, and sort of you know the the curated and fabricated lives that we see on the of lots of, of people that we see on the on the platforms. Um, but I think Nike's always really done a good job of saying no, we're we're about the athlete, we're about um, the human heart, and we're about inspiring uh, the next generation of athletes and the ones that are competing today to to achieve the dreams and achieve the goals that, that they set out whether it be running a mile or whether it be you know um making the nfl and can you give some some recent examples of some of the kind of the campaign work that you've been doing on behalf of nike i mean obviously the igtv stuff that you did like 
uh, last year was was very impressive and super interesting. But I'd, I'd love to kind of, you know, ju- jump into some of the specifics just to kind of give give our audience a kind of a, a sense of the type of work that you do on behalf of the brand. So kind of it was probably a year ago now, um, a client of ours from Nike came and said, hey, you know, I really want to I really want to kind of dive deep into into the broader um, community or the broader group of athletes um, that, that Nike influences. And I, like I said you know, a few minutes ago, it's the elite and every day. It's, you know, and, and Nike has a lot of athletes um, that it works with, um, it has a close relationship with, but it also has, you know, potentially, you know, millions of athletes, um, asterisk, that, that, um, that look to the brand for inspiration on a daily basis. So um, what we wanted to do was sort of create that, create that connection, create that habit um, through content and through storytelling. And so um, if you look at the, you know, the, the Nike Instagram channel and the IGTV channel there, the last sort of, you know, four to six um, pieces of content are all around uh, our, our athlete stories. And they're about athletes you probably have never heard of, but they have amazing stories. And um, it really is the depth and, and the, and the impact of that story that, that drives emotion. And, um, you know, one day, one day LeBron will hopefully be as part of one of one of the one of these stories. But we wanted this is sort of starting to get to get down the path of how do we 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 can we can be we can be impactful. We can inspire people, everyday athletes, by featuring everyday athletes um, or athletes that maybe aren't have amazing stories but aren't um, aren't as well known. So if you if you look at if you look at the channel now, that's it's you can sort of start to see a pattern of of us trying to really dive into um, rich, authentic athlete storytelling um, that feels right for sort of the just do it ethos for the brand. That that kind of makes me think about the sort of the different social media channels and and the the sort of format of stories or the format of storytelling that plays out in these different channels and how that's like evolving or, or at least has evolved you know over time and and instagram stories is is interesting i mean it's still so relatively new and and we're all still figuring mm-hmm. out um you know how best to kind of like play in this new medium um but it seems to me that it's a it's a medium and it's a it's a format that's going to be here for a while because a you can just see in the numbers in terms of the number of, of people that are now engaging and consuming stories you know every day is is obviously um, significant and, and growing at a pace that that it, it, that is certainly outpacing almost any other type of social media engagement. Um, but what's also really interesting about stories or that format in particular is the fact that less polished, um, lower budget, um, more authentically real content seems to do very well, regardless of, of who is creating it and and or who who is consuming it. Um, and I'm just sort of interested that when you're working with a Nike and, and you know, presumably with work, working with Nike size budgets, um, there is a, a pressure to produce something that is obviously very polished or representative of, of the brand or, or something that is even representative of the budget that you have to work with. But obviously working in a medium that might not necessarily kind of like... Um, respond well to that type of kind of, you know, um, highly produced polished content. So how, how are you adjusting mm-hmm. to these different mediums? And, and, you know, what, what does the work look like, you know, um, uh, um, you know, in, in, the, in the context of, of the stories um, environment? And, um, and, and, you know, what, what do you see as the opportunity there as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny when, you know, when stories came out, it was it was just like uh, the function specifically, obviously, Instagram was the king platform, but um, the the stories, you know, um, function of, of that platform was just like was just like uh, Snapchat. So it wasn't wasn't all too different in terms of, you know, consum- consumability um, trend and, and how and how do you you know, how can you create content for those for that space? What I think surprised everyone was was how how quickly people migrated um, and and into into that and, or adopted that that functionality on the Instagram platform so they could stay within their favorite space, right? If Instagram was king, they, it was another it was another outlet or another avenue for them to tell a story that didn't have to be a single photo, so or video. So um, I think I think when it comes to to content creation for that space, I'll say this: we're we're very lucky. Um, 
and I think the the clients that we work with, um, you know, we come to them with with points of view or creative strategies for for place likes like Instagram stories. We know we know that the you know the polished hashtag ad style of content doesn't work there, so we don't ever really pitch that as a solution for the, that particular um, piece of the platform. Uh, and and most of our clients, no one's ever fought us on that. So uh, we they they say yeah we we know we know that we know that that kind of you know first person um, first person POV like handheld you know iPhone style uh, content is what resonates on the platform because like you said it is authentic and it's 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 another sign that that people across the across all the platforms are craving authentic storytelling um not to say it can't be clean not to say it can't be polished not to say it can't be up to the brand standards but there is a bit of you know a bit of leniency within that particular platform to be um a bit more you know a bit more uh I guess you could say sort of, um, I don't know, I guess you could say sort of, I don't want, I don't want to say, you know, community focus or, or it could be, you know, just something like very, very human, very, very um, of, of the community. So someone, you know, it does, it's, it, no one cares that, it, that Nike posted, um, posted a handheld, you know, style ad that maybe their friend could have done the same kind of thing. It, it makes them feel more, more re- relatable. It makes, it makes, um, it makes the consumer, it makes the, makes the community feel like, oh, Nike's one of us instead of them being elevated above. And I think that it's, it's funny. We are, you know, the, our generation, even in the younger, the younger generations, especially they've grown up with this. They've never known a life without, without, you know, point, shoot, and share platforms. So when brands kind of come in and, and do act in, a, in an inauthentic manner, they call it out. It can smell it a mile away. And so I think it's it's really kind of a an interesting, you know, balance of how do you be true to the brand and be up to their standard, but also be super authentic and tailored for the platforms that you're that you're distributing your content on. Do you, I'm, I'm interested, and this is more a question about your own personal use of social media and stories in particular. Do you find yourself spending more time in stories than you do in the feed? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Um, I think I think for a couple of reasons, I'm, I'm speaking totally from a personal perspective, um, a couple of things. And, the, you know, the stories, they're, they're the first thing you see, right? And you've got these dots that are in your, friend, your friend's pictures, and they've got a cool gradient, you know, circle around them. And it's, it's very, that's designed really well to draw, you know, you into watching, pressing the, pressing the dot and seeing, and seeing what's going on. And then once you're in, once you're, once you're sort of in that, in that uh, realm, it's very easy to stay in it uh, and you can keep sort of like scrolling through. Um, I, I loved Instagram early on as just this platform for beautiful art and copy. Uh, I still personally use it as such. I, you know, I, I feel like I don't even necessarily, um, I take photos and post them so I can look at them later. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of people still use it the same, the same way, but in terms of I, how I, you know, digest content on, on that particular, on Instagram specifically, my, my knee jerk usually is to go, to go to stories because it's, it's very, it's, it's immediate, it's present. Um, and it's less kind of riddled with, with ads that maybe I don't want to see um uh, i think there's more of a there's a greater percentage of of the content i'm, I'm digesting is my friend's content than if i scroll to the feed and that, that's just i mean that's just a natural growth of of the platform and channel and it didn't used to be like that you know whoever, right. whichever photo from your the, whoever you followed um was posted the most recently that's what you saw first and when we were when i was at nike and we were we were doing that nike channel uh that well you know that was a huge huge benefit for us um we had you know we had a time and day um and a cadence you know down to a science in terms of when we were going to get the most eyeballs and get the best engagement um and that you know with the evolution of the platform that's all changed so but that's the beauty of of of, you know the industry work in and and especially this you know this whole advent of social media is it's constantly evolving uh, and it's it's on us the the marketers to stay nimble and be on our toes and um, always be trying new things. And I think that's another thing in terms of what we're doing with the with Nike right now in, in IGTV is we were trying new things. Uh, and we've told some really great stories and there are going to be more stories coming up. And we're going to try to find some different ways to do it and maybe leverage some different mechanics on each of the 
you know, pieces of the Instagram platform feed stories and IGTV? How do we, how do we break up um, an athlete story um, to make it, you know, to distribute it in a, in a, in a different and, and new way and see what sticks. And that's, that's, that's what the exciting stuff is. I think Nike has been a great partner and client and has encouraged us to, to be, you know, innovative and, and be progressive and, and take risks and, and challenges and challenge, you know, the, the status quo in, in the space, but also, you know, is trusting that we tell amazing athlete stories as, as we've, as the vision we've built with them. Yeah, I, I think I think it's Chris Cox, who's the head of product over at Facebook, said that he feels that like within the next like, you know, couple of years, the stories like interface is is ultimately just going to replace newsfeed and newsfeed is probably something we're going to look back and just think that was really terrible and, and really like a horrible like user experience or just a really bad way of being able to kind of consume great content, which, you know, it is. Remember, you know, the early the early days um, where the feed was that was the best. It was the the best way to to you know consume content. And it was you flip through and you just had all these amazing photos and everyone followed their friends and photographers and you know cute puppies and things like that. And it was just this constant stream of of great stuff. But I think yeah, the the way that stories is has evolved into you know what's happening right now um, that plays into our kind of in, in the immediacy uh, of our culture right now. We interrupt this week's episode of Leads to Scale to share an update in regards to our forthcoming conference in London. The 10th annual edition of Social Media Week London, Europe's premier conference for media and marketing professionals is taking place at the QE2 Conference Center in Westminster between October 31st and November 1st. This year's event will continue the 2019 global theme stories with great influence comes great responsibility a conversation that will explore how social media has become the most influential story platform in the world that has the power to both unite and divide us check out our first wave of speakers and secure your pass by visiting socialmediaweek.org forward slash london and don't forget to use the code leads number two scale at the checkout to save an additional 10% off your pass. All right, let's get back to the show. So let's let's um, I want to spend some time talking about kind of like the influencer space. Um, last yep. year, Conscious Minds produced a documentary that premiered at, um, at South by that was called Social Animals mm -hmm. that, that sort of took a look at the pros and cons of like being an Instagram influencer. Um, and and it's, it's interesting because that was like, you know, what is that over a year ago now or almost a year ago? And obviously uh, it's. Just, just, just under a year. Just under a year ago. And, and obviously, you know, fairly recently, we just saw the kind of the twin documentaries uh, released by Hulu and Netflix around the Fire Festival uh, catastrophe. And um, mm -hmm. obviously that, you know, also, you know, continue to sort of, you know, put this spotlight on the influencer space uh, and, and, you know, how it's evolving and, you know, um, why it's um, not necessarily evolving in a, in a good way um and the sort of you know potential kind of like impact that that mm -hmm. just has on uh, society in general and and you know mm -hmm. those documentaries i think have just raised some like really important important questions around kind of like the influencer space influencer marketing just like as a channel um and and you know what the space in the channel necessarily needs as it sort of continues to kind of evolve and, and mature um, and I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts, like on the documentaries themselves, but on the influencer kind of like marketing space just in general. And, and, and what do you see as, um, you know, the sort of the near term things that need to be addressed and, and maybe the midterm things that, that, that represent some of the more interesting opportunities? Good question. Deep, very deep question. I think I'll, I'll try to try to give you a, a complete answer. So, I mean, the, the, the cool thing about the documentary actually was, was that it, I think we started we started going out to 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 make the film about three years ago, um, and went out with a completely different different objective. Um, we had worked, you know, Conscious Minds had been in in the space and had grown up with the you know with brands in social media. Had a lot of relationships with some you know some of those famous photographers or influencers or um, you name it in that that kind of were were 
were a presence in the space. And we, we actually went and to make a film about kind of social media as a whole. Um, and actually, if you go to our Vivo page, there's a, um, there's, there's a, a piece of a, a clip from the, that was initially the, the cold open on the film. And uh, it's essentially a recreate of how the first camera phone was created. Um, it's a really great piece if you want to go check it out. But the, the, what was really great is the team here and when one, of the, one of our partners, Jonathan Green, directed the film. He was like, man, this, this just lacks... It, you know, it lacks the, the tension that we need. And, and they, had, they had already shot these three teenagers that are now the centerpieces of the film. Um, and that had the most, the most interesting uh, angle because those three individuals lived, had never lived in a world where they didn't have point, shoot and share. And, they, and their entire sort of like adult life, even young adult life, social media was around. Um, and if you, you, know, you looked at three of them, they all come from completely different walks of life, um, have almost nothing in common other than the fact that they have an Instagram account. Um, and so it dives really deep into, into the stories of those, of those three individuals. And, you know, two of them, um, two of them, you know, make a, make a name for themselves. One is a photographer and, and, and one is, a, one is a model. Um, and then, and then the third is, is your, you know, your girl next door. Um, like any of us would have been, you know, high school, high school, girl um, using Instagram to communicate with their friends. Um, and the stories are all really, really gripping. Uh, and they're really interesting in how they how there's very stark differences, but also um, very close similarities. And I think, I think the, you know, the social media as a whole, right, it's made every individual, their own media channel. So where in the past, where, you know, the only people who could get on who could get you know the amount of reach and, and, and eyeballs uh, that that we do now are, were major brands who could buy you know billboards or TV spots, um, and the by by sort of democratizing um, democratizing that that you know the media platform model through social media, giving the power to the people literally with you know the the, the strike of a thumb. Uh, we've totally flipped the model upside down and we have individuals who are as, as big, if not bigger than any major, than major brands. And they're, they're, they're even more influential than brands because as you know, uh, marketing one-on-one tells us the best marketing is word of mouth. And if you've got, you know, someone you look up to um, who's, you know, uh, endorsing a brand or, 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 or you know, visiting a, a park or a state or a city that you, that you want to go to, or if they're going to, they're having fun, you, you feel more of a connection to it. And I think that the influencer marketing is really, really revved up because it's because, I mean, short answer, it works. Um, I think the future of it will be really interesting. I'm already seeing a, a lot of sort of quote unquote micro influencer, um, you know, advertiser, micro influencer programs being executed by kind of your smaller, more lifestyle brands. Um, because they feel, you know, that that gets them as much, if not more, impact than the major ones. Because the, ma the major influencers cost as much as cost as much of a t as a TV spot. You know, post on Instagram costs as much as as paying for a, paying for placement on ESPN, um, which is crazy to think about. Um, but I, so I think, you know, as as things grow and as things inflate, brands and uh, brands will find new ways to to get to really get to their audience and reach their audience. So. Um, it, it's, we're in, we're in the midst of it now, or we're, we're at a very, you know, a high point, but I think it'll just continue to evolve. I think individuals, like, like I said, but word, you know, the best marketing is word of mouth. Individuals still hold the most valuable, um, endorsement for product. So as you know, that continues to remain consistent, uh, and a reality uh, amongst us as, as, as humans, I think we'll see new ways that uh, brands will tap into that um, tap into that uh, reality. Do you do you have any concerns in terms of like how the space is evolving, or, or, or even concerns around sort of the, the the impact that social media can potentially have on young people as they you know sort of almost like shift aspirations towards. Um, the opportunity to be an influencer, which which is now you know high on the list of like priorities for like young teenagers who are thinking about mm -hmm. career and thinking about the life 
and lifestyle that they ultimately would love to have, it feels more accessible to them or more attainable to them today because um, they are, you know, operating and completely immersed within the medium. Um, but of course, you know, there are some sort of negatives that, that come with that and, and uh, that come with fueling these these types of aspirations. Do, do you personally feel any concerns or are you worried about how the kind of space is evolving and, and ultimately uh, how it can sort of, you know, impact society in ne negative ways in the future? Um, I mean, yeah, I think I think I'd, I'd be I'd be kind of fibbing <clears throat> you if if I didn't kind of look at the look at the landscape and, and um, see what, especially with the, you know, the stories that we kind of uncover in the film um, and some of the, some of the behaviors that, you know, you see at a macro level um, uh, around, you know, around the, the community and around, around, you know, the, the platform itself. Um, I think, I think I, I'm more worried about, um, more concerned about how um, the, you know, people can hide behind their telephone or to hide behind their, you know, their smart, their smartphone or device, um, either through, you know, going to a doctor's office or sitting in the back of an Uber and not, and not communicating with, with, with the person next to them. Um, that is sort of a, a microcosm of a probably a bigger issue. And, and I think, you know, human nature, um, human nature is, especially, you know, is younger and teenage, the teenage world is, it can be quite evil sometimes. So, I, I do worry that I do worry that that, that you know the, the platform is potentially giving giving that um, negative side of our of our human nature um, a bit more of a, a bit more of a, a bit stronger of a tool um, to be to be more present and to be to be more amplified. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I do tr I do trust um, our set that we that we as humans are are, are inherently good. And that you know things things come and go, and when 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 the pendulum always swings back another way, I think I I, I have a feeling like we'll see a bit of a um, a digital not necessarily backlash, but a cleansing uh, in the next decade. Where uh, I mean, you already have there's the Screen Time app, and there's you know there's more more and more messaging and more and more encouragement for people to put their devices down and put their phones down uh, and be present in the moment. I mean, I've played those games. You go to dinner with your friends, and everyone has to put their phone in the middle, and the first person to take their phone out has to buy everyone dinner. That that kind of stuff is happening more and more because people realize they're they're too disconnected. And I think as as we as we as a, a broader um, society continue to um, realize that that we're we're maybe swinging too far into these this this digital world um, or this you know this fabricated world that that will that will go back the other way and find an equilibrium. So I think, like I said, we're at we're kind of at an apex now, if I had to guess. Um, but it, I, I do believe it will it will come back and uh, the other way in coming years. So you don't think we're on like you know an onward march towards like a player one type of scenario? <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> But uh, but maybe I mean I think I think uh, the that that is you know it's funny I always think I was I always watch films and I'm like man that's happening I go, like the, I always heard like the Harry Potter uh, the moving pictures uh, and I'm like well shoot Apple did that and uh, so it feels like every film we we make every fantasy film we make um, somehow comes true so um, but I do I, I I'm not saying we won't be in a Ready Player One uh, scenario in the future at some point but I, I do feel like um, we as humans, uh, will find, you know, our, our balance and we'll find, a, you know, the, the right, the right kind of mix between, um, between, you know, the technology and the innovation that is readily available to us at every, every waking second. Um, and, and what makes us sort of whole and, 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 um, equal, uh, and balanced as, as humans. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. We, we, we definitely touch on this and talk about it a lot. And in many ways, like, you know, our theme this year is 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 sort of designed, I think, to um, encourage these types of, of conversations and, and encourage people to think about not how can I get more content in front of consumers, but instead, how can I think about the the potential impact of that content or the, the potential impact of, on, of the story I want to tell and how do I tell that in a way that's going to really mm -hmm. move people and impact people in positive ways. 
Um, so sort of like the less is more sort of a, a approach to, to kind of content and to storytelling in general. I also, by the way, love, love, yeah. I love any opportunity to drop like Harry Potter references, like into the podcast <laughs> and into these conversations. And actually there's a really nice, like connection to our conversation around newsfeed and and the evolution of of interfaces because apparently and i i have never really bothered to kind of like verify this because i just like it as a, as a kind of a, an anecdote but the guy who actually was like principally responsible for designing the um designing kind of like the um, native facebook video inside newsfeed was inspired by the daily profit and the way that like images moved mm. within the newspaper because he felt like if someone's going to watch video in a newsfeed the video needs to play automatically uh and almost like come alive as you're scrolling through the feed so mm. i always thought that was like a, a pretty great anecdote that that is a great anecdote i'm going to use that so uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll make sure i i'll make sure i i give you some uh, a reference on that well, it's uh, yeah, probably better to reference the guy that actually invented it. So we'll have to figure out what that guy's name is. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up, but I'll also I'll give you I'll give you a little shout out if I ever <laughs> use that in a meeting. Um, cool. Also, if you ever want to invite me, invite me back on and do a, just a full Harry Potter session, I'm, I'm down. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. And I, I, I'd probably have to, like, fight off a number of, of my colleagues as well who are, who are all sort of huge <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter fans. Although I, you know, listen, I'm I'm 42 uh, and I am very happy to admit that I am a massive Harry Potter fan. I read the books twice. I've seen all the films countless times. Uh, I'm British, obviously. So obviously I went to a school that was exactly like Hogwarts. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm oh. all, all in on Harry Potter. But um, I want to I sort of wrap up the conversation and, and end on as much as possible a, a positive note because I know that we've spent some time kind of looking at both you know, some of the positive and, and also negative aspects of kind of social media in general. But... Um, you know, what, what are you like? What are you just incredibly kind of excited about right now in terms of like what's happening in the space and and how the kind of the technology and the platforms and the tools are evolving to kind of like afford you new opportunities to tell stories? It's a really great question. Um, I think I think the what's what's really interesting I think for for us as you know as conscious minds we we love telling those those human stories is that is that kind of content is what is what is what is really resonating right now. I think there's the, you know, there's the, always the new plat. I actually never thought there'd be another platform. I thought we'd reached our max until TikTok came out. So I've already kind of had some internal conversations about, about that. And, you know, is this a new vine? How do we, how do we sort of start to think in, in that space? It's already got a great following. I think that is, a, is more in like looking at that, it's more inspiration to try to find new ways to execute um, content in, 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 way that, that is still true, still authentic, still real, but in a really clever and creative way. I think, um, that, that just in general is, is a point of inspiration, uh, for me and for us. I think the, um, the, the second thing I was going to, I was going to say is really uh, vertical. Um, obviously it hasn't, it's not like it's, it's, it's new, but I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal a little bit behind the curtain is that this is a, this is a tough thing for creatives and for brands. We're so used to to shooting in, in wide and that cinematic, um, you know, content creation. It, it it's what we're, the world we've lived in, and it's been a new challenge to shoot to shoot vertical. And I think that, but when, with every challenge, brings brings a new opportunity. Um, so I, I think we've been playing around with with new ways to to execute that. And you know, is there a best practice and are there are there some are there some way, things that we could try that um, that that feels right? And I think um, I don't know. They feel like there's 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 always something new. Um, there's always something um, that we're that we're trying out, which is which is really great. Uh, I'd say I'd say beyond kind of a, from a more macro level, I'm seeing a trend. Um, kind of honestly, what we were just talking about, but on the more positive end of it. I'm seeing a trend from a, from a few different um, clients of ours uh, about really trying to take a stand and and, and be be kind of members of the world and members of and then you know and, and members of society in the way that and where we want to move the world in, in a positive direction. 
uh, I think, and kind of combating some of the some of the things um, that we were talking about earlier that that bog us down potentially. Um, Nike's really big in, into that space of trying to get people out, trying to trying to really activate movement and, and target a younger demographic, the, the, the young generation, younger generation, um, and some stats that are that are quite alarming around participation in sport. Um, trying to sort of find ways to to reach um, the younger consumers and 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 inspire um, more love, more passion for sport, and I'm seeing that from a, from a, diff, a few other brands as well, of wanting to find balance in the world and find uh, find equal find equilibrium and find you know your um, your centeredness between you know between your day to day life and you know and the world around you. Uh, so I'm I'm really encouraged about that, and it's 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 funny. I feel like every brief we get these days i'm like shoot it's the same it's the same thing and i really like that it's like hey this is this is this is not just one brand or even one team within a brand it's trying to solve this problem we're all trying to solve it together and it's it's you know it's quite encouraging so i, I that's kind of from a macro um level you know warm-hearted level i'm really really excited about about that we love to end these conversations with warm-hearted um stories and anecdotes so so thank you for that Good. um where Good. where can people find more information about you about conscious minds uh, also where can they um uh, access and watch the social animals film if, if they're interested um yeah me, me i'm 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 on uh, all the social platforms uh, i don't really i don't i don't have any uh, any privacy so if you want to come see some half half-assed photos of of you know outdoor stuff uh, you can follow me on Instagram at BK's Picks. Um, but the uh, so Conscious Minds, uh, our site is is weare.cm. So W-E-A-R-E.cm. Um, got to play with that, that new sort of .c, .cm or .fm um, functionality or the, 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 that uh, kind of opened up a couple of years ago. So that's that. you'll see all of our work there, um, all the work that at least we're, we're complete with. Um, and then the social animals. So, so right now we're, we're kind of in our, in our purchase period still. So you can, you can download the film on iTunes or Amazon um, today. Uh, but then it's also going to be on, on uh, streaming platforms uh, in uh, the coming months. So um, keep an eye out, out there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. It's been awesome talking to you. And uh, well, we hopefully uh, look forward to having a follow-up conversation where we can dive even deeper into the world of Harry Potter. That'd be great. Let's do it. We'll queue it up. Thanks, man. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Leads to Scale, a podcast from Social Media Week. Leads to Scale is edited and produced by Al Manorino. For the latest news and insights, or to learn more information about how to get involved with future Social Media Week events, please visit socialmediaweek.org.